Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you are here today. It's fun to hear everyone chatting and exciting, excited to be back together. So we are glad that you're here, whether you are in the building with us or you're joining us um, from the comfort of your home. Welcome to Hillside. Um, I don't think this mic is working great. I see a lot of people asking that it be turned up. Um, and I haven't had to yell at my kids in a little while, so I, I'm not. I don't have my yelling voice on. So is that better? It sounds like, can you guys hear me now? And hopefully you at home are not um, hearing me more. No, still can't hear me well. All right, keep going. Well, whether you can hear me or not, I am glad you are here. <laughs> How about that? And I wanted to let you know, and hopefully you can hear this since it's an important announcement, that we are about to make some changes to our schedule. Um, starting next week, because of the warm weather, which I'm sure you all experienced coming in, um, we're switching our outdoor and our indoor services. So next week, our outdoor service will be at 9, and our indoor service will be at 11, which means for those of you who are watching online, your um, live stream will be available for you now at 11 o'clock. So you get a little more time to enjoy your coffee in the morning, get it all ready for you before you start watching. So just one thing to be aware of. We are really excited about today. Today is a big day for us because we are officially installing Dan Seitz as our senior pastor. <laughs> Woo! Very exciting. And so because of that, we have a special guest with us today that you will be seeing soon, and that is Paul Wilson, who is the superintendent of the Pacific Southwest Conference. So we are excited you're here. Welcome. And so let us start our morning.
Time that there is a rhythm. <clears throat> yeah, I just think if it's fast, you have to clap. But anyway, you can clap whenever you like, no pressure. But friends don't let friends clap on one and three. <laughs> just so you know. Uh, welcome, welcome to worship, everybody. Um, we want to just say a special blessing on our kids as they, as they head off to, um, to learn about being a light in the world with uh, Reverend Cheryl. And so just special blessing. God bless our children. Help them, God, to walk with you, to know you, to serve you, to trust you. We give them to you. Bless their time. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, what a fortress. Of glory divine, I'm an heir of salvation, purchase of God. 
off his spirit washed in his blood oh this is my story Come on, sing. Yeah. Praising my Savior all the day long. Oh, this is my song. Oh, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect delight, oh visions of rapture, now burst on my sight, angels descending, ring from above, echoes of mercy. Whispers of love. Oh, this is my story. Yeah, this is my song. Oh, praising my Savior on the day. This is my song, oh, praising my Savior all the day long, oh, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, oh, da-da-da. Submission, all is at rest. Oh, I in my Savior, I'm happy and blessed. I'm watching and waiting, looking out. This is my story, yeah. this is my song, praising my Savior on the day long, oh this is my story, yeah. this is my song.
praising our Savior all the day long. What a blessing and a gift. And now we get to continue doing that through our tithes and offerings. And you can sit for this part, whether you're here or at home. Um, and so there are three ways that we're able to give our gifts today. One is through our church app, which also, if you haven't checked in, is a great way to check in and let us know that you're here today. Um, you can also give through our website, and then the traditional check is more than welcome as well. So um, we are grateful that we have a God who will receive our gifts and blesses us with them. Let me pray for us as we receive our offering. God, you are the giver of all good things, and your word makes clear that every good and perfect gift comes from you. We ask that you accept these gifts and use them for your glory. May these gifts bring shelter to the homeless, comfort to the sick, rest to the weary, and hope to the hopeless. Just as you multiplied the offering of fish and loaves that were freely given for others, we pray that you would multiply these, our offerings, to you and accomplish with them more than we could ever ask or imagine. Amen. Worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh, we live for you Jesus Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever say Worthy of every breath we could ever be we live for you oh we live for you and holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder show me who you are and fill me with your heart Jesus, 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 the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, and he's worthy, church, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We'll live for you, oh, we do, oh, we'll live for you. Somebody say, say, holy. There is no one, oh, there is none beside. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are. Oh, with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Say, I will. Upon your love, it is a firm foundation, and I will put my 
trust in you God I will trust in you so I beseech you friends the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice this is your reasonable act of worship this is our worship to you God and God's people say amen amen amen, amen. hey what an honor to uh be here today. It, it's, um, it's an honor uh, because uh, a person that I'm building a friendship with, your pastor, uh, Dan Seitz, it's an honor to be here and praying for Dan and for all of you in ministry. But I'll tell you, the greatest honor is just living in this world and being a child of the Father who loves us so much. So that is your true identity. You know, uh, being pastor of Hillside Covenant Church is, is an honor. I've uh, respected this ministry for years and years, even uh, before I was uh, pastoring in California, but in Alaska. I've uh, known the pastors who've preceded you. Um, they are humble people who sought to be faithful to God. And I've known this congregation who has been generous in their energies to serve their community, to serve the world. I, I thank you for your partnership with the ministries of the Pacific Southwest Conference. Um, if you don't know, superintendent, that's a word that's not in the Bible. We're gonna be talking about the Bible in a moment. <laughs> But I have the honor of shepherding uh, 165 churches, if you put our uh, church plants together with our member churches. And I'll tell you, we, we see God at work. I'm so grateful for uh, Will Davidson, who has been shepherded in this congregation, who's the chair of our conference. And I thank you, Gloria, because I know being a chair with me means he's being called all the time. Um, from the bottom of my, of my heart, thank you, Gloria, for not blocking my number when, <laughs> when it comes. So uh, uh, I gotta say, Jenny LaSalle's not here. I gotta thank Jenny, who is the chair of the search team. You would not believe how hard she worked. 
and she continued to go to me for uh, help, for wisdom, for insight, to, to bring back questions and, and the great thoughts that were coming from the search team. But I just want to tell you, you were served so well. There was only one crisis moment in the search for me. There was a three-day period in which I did not hear from Jenny, and I was afraid she was missing, called the Walnut Creek police, everything was straightened out. So it's, it's just a joy to be here on a day like today. Dan, I always pray uh, about a scripture. Each installation we do, uh, there's some portions that are the same, but I, uh, I, I look for a scripture, and I just want to say, I really, really like you. I really, really like you. And if you hung around Dan and I, uh, you, would, you would be able to tell that we both really like people. And uh, I think we, we both are very committed and are just amazed uh, by the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you, uh, there's a guy in the Bible uh, that you have a little bit in common with, and that's Luke. And the reason I'm saying this is Luke is very, very precise. History is my forte, and, and you may know this, but Luke is as strong a historian as we have from anything coming from the ancient world when it comes to precision because he tells us a lot of things, along with just, you know, he's walking alongside of Paul, and he's telling the story of Paul's ministry primarily. But along with that, and uh, he is precisely recording um, places, um, little, little bits of insight on, on cities, on um, uh, what it means to navigate across the Mediterranean. He includes in his chronicles, uh, by name he mentions nine islands. He uh, talks about, I'm a nerd in my own way, so I know this <laughs> stuff if I, if I pull it out. He, he mentions 34 countries, 54 cities, and 95 people by name most of whom, if Luke doesn't talk about them, we don't, we don't know their names. We don't know who they are. These are both followers of Jesus, city officials, people they meet um, across the way. Very, very precise. Now, I think we're going to experience a little world history here uh, because today we're going to do something historic. I think I'm going to give you a verse that has never been given to anybody in the history of Christendom. And it's Acts 20 verse 13 Acts 20 verse 13 and so Luke is just talking about because he wants them to know everywhere they went and in what detail and what happened and when they're in Troas he said uh, we made arrangements uh, to meet Paul at Assos which is about a 25 mile walk we made arrangements uh, to meet Paul at Assos because he wanted to go by foot. So they uh, got back on the boat, all the rest of them. But Paul wanted to go by foot. So 
and actually by uh, uh, taking the ship, it was going to be about 50 miles, by foot somewhere around 25 miles. If you were to try to do it today, it would be a very, very hard walk. But the Roman Empire had outstanding roads. The road 2,000 years ago was far better than what you would experience there today. It would take you a lot longer to make that walk. So it's interesting to me because it's just this detail that Paul took a walk. And this is on uh, his, his, the end of what is going to be his ministry where he is free, where he is not bound up. This, this, these, are the, these are the final weeks of Paul preaching the gospel in cities. And what's been happening for several months is he has been at greater and greater threat. When he preaches, there are always people there who want to kill him. They want to, they, they want to arrest him. They want to beat him. They want to kill him. There's all kinds of plots. When he was over in Greece, uh, the plan was that they were going to get on a boat and sail to Syria. But they found out there was going to be another plot somewhere uh, on the boat, somewhere probably out in the ocean. They were going to conk him over the head and uh, get rid of him. So they ended up going back, retracing, going back through Macedonia. Um, everywhere they're going, Paul is that threat. But there is a place where Paul will be at the greatest threat. There is a city which if he goes there, um, he's certainly going to be arrested. And people who just know who Paul is and how there is increasing anger toward Paul and his message know that if he goes to Jerusalem, that's it. But Paul tells us by the Holy Spirit, he believed God was calling him to Jerusalem. He also tells us about these people who love him. And what you will see if you read these, these chapters in Acts that are leading Paul to Jerusalem, you are going to see beneath this the love of Paul for the people in these cities. Many of them, you know, are churches that were planted earlier. And you'll see their love for him. And Paul says, everywhere I went, everywhere I went, the people warned me not to go to Jerusalem. Everywhere. So I guess this is, the, you know, towards the end of Paul's ministry. And Pastor Dan, I just want to think about towards the end of your ministry here, whenever that is. A long time from now, real long time. May I hear amen? amen. At the second coming of our Lord Jesus, may I hear amen? amen. Um, but the shared experience of, of, of meeting God together of, of unpacking his word that Paul had done with these people, going through struggle and pain and unanticipated stepping into futures that had challenges that they didn't take. That, that's, he's looking back on all this. And he's looking back at the relationships. And he's very aware that he's saying his final words. Well, when they left Asas, Paul gets on, on that boat and they 
he wants to go by Ephesus again. He had spent a few years there at Ephesus, and there was this special love that he and the people shared. And um, Luke is so great in recording what Paul said to these people, his final words. And, and you know, he says, I'm never gonna, you're never going to see my face again. I'm not going to see your faces again. And he talks to them about the challenges that will be before them. He talks with them about the gospel. He encourages them. And they, like everybody else, said, Paul, do not go to Jerusalem. Don't do it. Well, uh, they sail down. They're getting closer to Jerusalem. They go to um, Tyre. And there Paul um, meets with the people again. They say, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. They, he, he teaches. They, they, sh- they share some days together. And then there's this beautiful scene. Paul is departing. And just like the people of Ephesus, they, they all went out to the ship. And they, 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 they wanted to walk him to the ship. The final chance that they could see him, you know, looking at him sailing away. Uh, in Tyre, it's this beautiful scene. The believers go out to where the boat is. They're on the beach, and they kneel in the sand at the water's edge. And they pray, and you should see tears. There's love. There's concern. And Paul continues to go where the Holy Spirit told him to go. He continues to go towards Jerusalem goes to Caesarea, which was the um, Roman capital. Um, And there, he goes and stays in the house of somebody uh, that uh, we read about uh, from some events uh, probably 20, almost 30 years earlier, and that's Stephen. Stephen, this guy who brought the gospel uh, to the Samaritans. Stephen, the guy who met this Ethiopian eunuch, this, this, this guy that was wrong in, in, in so many ways. He, 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 he looked different. He was a eunuch not allowed into uh, the temple because of that. And this eunuch is seeking after God. And, and Stephen says, this God is, is for you. And Luke, of course, was not there, but he records all of this because he'd heard this incredible, incredible story. And so Paul goes and stays in Stephen's house, you know, more than a couple decades later, and a prophet, Agabus, comes down, and Agabus uh, takes Paul's belt, and he binds himself with it and says, the one who owns this belt is going to be bound in this way if he goes to Jerusalem. This is dramatic, rabbinic teaching coming from Agabus. He wants to make this big point. And Paul continues to go where the Holy Spirit is calling him. And I just want to say, Pastor, there is no place better to go than where the Holy Spirit is calling you. Do you believe that God can use one person surrendered to the Holy Spirit? I do, and I get excited about it. I really do. But you know what? It wasn't one person surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Luke tells us a story, and we, get, we just get in the final 
uh, the, the, the final descriptions of where Paul was, one community following after the Holy Spirit after another. Do you get it? And there was tender love between Paul and these people, tender love. So I get excited about what one person surrendered to the Holy Spirit, what God will do. But it's nothing like a community surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Will you surrender yourself to the Holy Spirit? When we install today, do you realize that it's God once again wanting to remind us who we are, that we are the bride of Christ? And pastor, this verse which I give you, all we're told is that Paul took a walk. Looks like he was alone. In the midst of all this activity, all this ministry, all this meeting these people, you know what he did? He got off the boat and he took a walk. To be alone probably took him about a day and a half. Who do you think he was talking to? <laughs> Who was he listening to? How was he able to have the courage to go forward where the Holy Spirit? Where the Holy Spirit was calling him, where the Holy Spirit was shaping him. The word doesn't say it, but I believe Paul took a walk with the living God Luke includes it, maybe he hadn't, and I don't, I don't know why, the guy, Luke has to include everything that happens, whether it seems important or not. He just has to do it, it's the way he is. I believe that God did something there, and I just want to encourage you, as you're loving the people, being loved, as you're serving, proclaiming, be alone. And take those longer times, and listen to the Spirit, and let God say to you only the things that God can say to you. Let your Father who loves you unlike no other bind you up and heal you. Take the walks. All right, Dan and Allison, would you join me, please? As they're coming up, will you take the walks? Do you recognize it, that the big story is not about the success of Hillside Covenant Church? It's a good thing to be fruitful in ministry in a local congregation, of course. But the big thing is the glory of God. It's the kingdom of God. And to see that, to be grasped by it, I just don't know any paths that sustain that don't include time alone with the Father who redirects us. You only have one chance to live this life. God has given us his word. Even if you think you're a lousy Bible study person. <laughs> Let me tell you, you get to learn his word to the capacity that God gave you. Learn his word. Okay. I really like it that we have in the Covenant Church a book of worship. And, um, you know, decades ago, 
And for some of these words, they come from our movement back from the 1800s, but pastors and leaders thought about the kinds of things we would want to say to God on a day like this, you know? So it's not like the best thing that Paul can come up with. But thoughtful people thinking and praying through what we'd want to say to God, what we'd want to say to a congregation, what we'd want to say to a pastor. And so this is to you, congregation, and and, and listen with your hearts, just wide open to the wonder that God is here doing something that has given him pleasure that he's prepared in advance. Dear friends in Christ, guided by the Holy Spirit, you have called Daniel Seitz to be your pastor. By this act, you have indicated your confidence in him to be the shepherd of this congregation. I got to tell you, Dan, I love the word shepherd for what we get to do. And when I think about my role with all the churches, and you know, you think about what you contribute, who you are and who you aren't, I just lean into that calling that I get to be the shepherd (laughs) the best I can to care for and and protect and and, and, uh, lead humbly. I charge you, Daniel, to, or excuse me, I charge you, congregation, to receive the word of God through him in all meekness and love. You know, Paul says that the people of Thessalonica received the word for what it really is, the word of God. Something that we know as, as pastors is a whole lot with what God does with the word. We have something to do with it in our teaching, but more is the condition of the heart to receive it. Far more. Personally, you can argue with this, says this Paul personally. I think I can go listen to anybody who's preaching the word, could be the worst preacher in the world. But if I, my heart is open to the word of God and they've read the Bible and it's out there, God's word is powerful and active to do something. So let's not say that was a good sermon. Let's not go back in the car and say, boy, that was a real good one or that, was, that wasn't so good. <laughs> Do you see all you're doing is stepping into being spiritual consumers unlike the world has ever seen, which is us Americans, we're very good at consuming. Prepare your heart. Come expectant to meet God in the word. Changes everything. And by the way, he's an excellent preacher. <laughs> undergird him in the labors that will be his in the service of God. Remember always that he is God's servant and that you as God's stewards are to supply his needs in a way that will be pleasing to God and an honor to your congregation. This isn't here, but I'm going to charge you, take care of the family. Take care of the pastoral family. Love the kids. Um, consider creatively what can we do to bless this family and encourage this family so decades from now um, the kids can say you know one of the greatest things that ever could have happened to us was being a part of Hillside Covenant Church congregations do not usually put enough creative energy into that it's it's very very important and um, do the same for the spouse 
in all things, show this family your love. Esteem your pastor highly for his calling as your pastor and accept him as your spiritual leader. If these are your intentions, please support him in the continuing ministry of this church by standing. and responding to the following questions. And when you think it's the right time, you will say, we will. Otherwise, I have sergeants of arms who will escort you out. <laughs> will you receive Dan Seitz to be your pastor, recognizing his place in spiritual leadership and receiving the word of God through him? If this is your promise, answer, we will. we will. Will you do your full part to supply his needs in a way that will be pleasing to God? And will you encourage him and share with him in the work of Christ in this church? If this is your promise, say, we will. We will. Will you love and pray for the site's family. If this is your promise, say, we will. We will. Please be seated. Dear brother in Christ, hear the word of God as directed to ministers of the church of Jesus Christ. This is from 1 Timothy chapter 4. Be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the words of faith, and of good doctrine which you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless and silly myths. I think each of us in each age have to think about what is godless and what is silly. Some of it remains the same. Some of it is uh, unique to context and time. Train yourself in godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds the promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you have been called by this congregation to be their pastor. God and Hillside Covenant Church have committed the shepherding of this flock to you, and you are admonished by God to be urgent in and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. In all sincerity, preach the word. Administer the sacraments in accordance to the scriptures. Comfort and counsel the sick, the sorrowing, the troubled, and instruct all to live up to their calling in Christ Jesus. As I ask you this, these questions, if this is what you want to say, say, by the grace of God, I am. Are you willing to assume this responsibility in the strength that God has given you? By the grace of God, I am. In assuming your responsibility as the pastor of this congregation, will you 
affirm your loyalty to the Evangelical Covenant Church and promise to support its work in the work of the Pacific Southwest Conference. By the grace of God, I will. Amen. Leaders, would you come up? And guys, you can come up too. Let's have a big hand for these two guys. You can stand there next to your parents. Some congregations choose to give a gift to their pastor um, to be something that symbolizes God's work uh, among them. And so, Jenny. Since it's uh, socially distanced, usually we lay hands, but we're going to extend hands from, we have uh, staff, we have search uh, team, we have leadership team people uh, up here, and extend your hands. And we're, we're going to pray, and it's, it, it's not um, empty words we, we want to put, put out or, or invoke some kind of sentimentality but we're really calling on our almighty God. And so he's present and, and received from him. Almighty God, in every age, you have chosen your servants to proclaim your word and lead your people. We give thanks for your servant whom you have called to serve in, in this congregation, in this community. By your grace, enable him to use his gifts to do your work and fill him with your Holy Spirit so that he may have the mind of Christ and be your faithful servant as long as he lives. God of grace who calls us to a common ministry as ambassadors of Christ, entrusting us with the message of reconciliation, give us all courage and discipline to follow where your servant rightly leads us, that together we may declare your wonderful deeds and show your love to the world through Jesus Christ, the Lord of all. Amen. Amen. Well, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and as a representative of his bride, the church, and the evangelical covenant church, I declare that you, Dan Seitz, are the duly installed pastor of Hillside Covenant Church. May God be praised. At uh, this point, there's usually a lot of hugs and that kind of thing, but this being what it is, socially distanced like this, big hugs in the sites' direction like that. And uh, all, you, all you at home, uh, I'm socially distancing, hugging, hugging you probably more closely than your comfort level. Okay, God bless you. Hey, let's worship God. We'll do this a cappella. I'll do it. <laughs>
Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Please be seated. Paul, I want to thank you for a very meaningful <laughs> affirmation and challenge in Hillside, I, I just want to thank you um, for the love. I want you to, to know how determined, gosh. To, to be faithful to this trust that you have, have placed in me. And I want you to know that I am going to go to God every day for the strength which I know he is going to provide to provide you the leadership that you have called me to. And I, I know that he is going to provide it. I am absolutely certain I feel a great sense of confidence that we're at the beginning of something exciting, and God is not going to let us down. Yes. I think faithfulness, for me, it means a lot, but I've thought about this a lot, and I think three things hover around the top, and I want to share them with you in just a couple of minutes. First, faithfulness for me as your pastor is going to mean bringing God's word to you in a way that encourages you and delights you and equips you for living the lives our splendid king has called you to live. And I'm determined to do it to the best of my ability. And it's going to take time and it's going to take study and prayer and it's going to take long walks like our superintendent challenged me. Time I'm going to have to guard because if I don't, my messages will become thin. But I'm determined to make coming to church a delight for you. Amen. Because when you come, you can count on a message from God's word that elicits something new in you. Faithfulness as your pastor is going to require the closest possible partnership with our staff. And I'm really excited about that because I want to help them to become as effective as they possibly can. And I'm counting on deep, close, consistent relationships with every staff person so that they can become razor sharp and so I can become razor sharp as we work together and partner with each other. And that's going to require developing relationships that are characterized by trust and by truth. And I'm determined to be truthful in all things while I'm here. 
Because Jesus said the truth sets us free. And I believe it. And lastly, faithfulness is going to require caring for you, which I burn to do. I want you to feel loved by me, and I do love you. Those that I know and those that I'm getting to know. And I'm determined not just to be a talking head here or a CEO uh, or someone who sort of gives directions. I want to know you and I want you to know, I want you to know me. I want to walk with you. I think in some ways that's going to be the biggest challenge because we are numerous. But I'm ter- determined to be a fine shepherd who gives you the confidence that I know you and love you and know your stories, know your struggles, know the things you're going through with your kids and your parents and your jobs and everything else. I know I won't be able to do all the care myself, though I want to care for everyone. And because of that, I'm determined to work with our staff to set up systems and teams that result in every hillsider from the moment he or she steps onto our campus feeling loved and supported and cared for and valued, not least of all, in times of greatest need. What what will I need from you? I can think of four things, many of which you're giving me already. I'm going to need you to pray for me. I know you're praying for me. I felt it. I felt strength the last five weeks that has not been strength I felt before. And I can only attribute that to you praying, God hearing your prayers, and God responding by filling me up with new strength. But keep it up. Second, I'm going to need your help in making the most of every minute. You know, my twin brother who's a pastor often says, the times are evil and the days are short. We have a finite amount of time to be faithful to our calling. Our superintendent, Paul, in our annual meeting last week said, and I quoted him last week, this is no time to play at church. It's critical that we are faithful as a church to what God has called us to do. What God has called us to do is to be light in the world. And to be light in the world means taking people from the outer ring, people who are unknowing, ungrowing, unshowing, bringing them into our family and through love and step-by-step shepherding, moving them, shaping them, polishing them into shiny, light-bearing bulbs. And to do that, it's going to take time and focus and concentration. And so I hope a way that you can help me is to trust me if I ever turn you down for a particular thing. No, I will be, because I've decided to put that time into something I think is really central for our purpose. And I hope you'll give me grace in that. Partnership. God has given the Hillside Church family extraordinary gifts. I can see it already. I mean, extraordinary abilities. We have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to giftedness among Hillside's 
people, and I ask that you will partner with me. And when you hear about ministry opportunities, you'll jump into them. We're all in different seasons of life. We all have different responsibilities. And sometimes the key responsibilities the king has given us is just to to be faithful to the people right around us, to maybe attend our home group, to love our neighbors, to care for our aging parents. But other people, this is going to be your moment. You have time. Your gifts are ready to be used, and you're ready for a big challenge. And if that's you, I ask that you would respond to the challenge because we have critical work to be done. And to get it done, we need leaders, people who will step up and advance our mission and lead other people as they do partnership is the third thing I need from you. And then the last thing is grace. I'm going to make mistakes. I will say foolish things. I will miss what is obvious right in front of me. I'll say insensitive things. I'll get it wrong. And I ask that you'll give me grace. We have an extraordinary future ahead of us. I know this to be the truth. Something thrilling is happening now. Let's work together as a family to build something here that will be a life-changing gift to people who are here 15 and 20 and 30 years from now. And let's do it with Jesus as our vision, our splendid King, every moment. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my mistress, by day or by night, waking or sleeping, Thy presence, my life. Thou
Here's your benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Amen.